I was gonna see if it's still going. Please. Don't pass for this. Oh my goodness. No. It better be still long. Cause we we just had a real good talk. Hello, hello. Welcome to the Media Shop Podcast. And this is your host, Chase Paul, today. And today we've got Molly and Ari. Say hi, guys. Hey. <laughs> hey, what's up? Uh, how are you guys doing today? I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. I'm good. How are you? Doing pretty good. All right. So uh, the topic of the day is copyright and intellectual property. Now, this is kind of a... Um, I guess you could say controversial topic for many people in the business world. Um, so I just wanted to see maybe your thoughts and what kind of research you guys might have been able to pull out. Yeah, I definitely think talking about copyright and intellectual property as it pertains to social media is definitely an interesting topic. It's not something that like I had really thought about, even as like a political legal studies major myself. I hadn't really thought about it as how it relates to social media and how that impacts businesses. How about you, Ari? Um, for me, it's really interesting for me to really get a better understanding of how creations of the mind can be taken and used in a form of plagiarism. Although it's not copied from paper to um, paper to paper, it's still something that's still an idea. So. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Um, copyright is basically just another form of plagiarism. It's just not you know, copying from paper to paper. It's using someone else's um, social media posts or any anything else. It can be music. It can be um, art, art, any photographs, yeah, business ideas, anything like that. Like, if you don't um, take, like, responsibility for um, those ideas, then other people are going to be able to use them without your permission. So that's something that you got to take care of and make sure that it doesn't happen whenever you're running your business yep. it's also interesting to me how it's kind of like uh, we could all just be sitting here and talking about ideas and what we want to do but it's it's kind of like people ideas are stolen a lot because they aren't written on paper so because their ideas aren't actually written out that means that they're still kind of like a, an intangible uh, form of asset. Yeah. So yeah. it's kind of like just being aware of who you're talking to and writing, keeping your ideas um, on a paper trail, which will really yeah, ensure that you're not, you know, taken advantage of. Yeah. Right. And I think also, like, if you actually have something copyrighted that, like, I found through my research provides you with, like, an extra level of protection for, like, your creations or like the creations of other creators that you see online and on social media. Right, yeah, my first thought whenever it comes to copyright is YouTube because um, you go on YouTube yeah. and if you, the smallest idea that maybe you didn't think of that is uh, um, technically stolen from someone else, like you get copyright strike almost immediately and mm -hmm. some of the biggest YouTubers on the platform, they'll get copyright strikes and it's kind of ridiculous to see like how fast and how like effective it can be like in any of those situations yeah I feel like we've all been there where we like made a school project like in middle school or something where we like put in some music from our like iTunes because yeah. we made it like on our phones or on our, like an iPad and then it got taken down for copyright for yeah. the music so yeah it's yeah. also interesting to me because like if you go on Facebook and you have like a live video or something like that and you have music playing in a background it's essential for you to like use the phrase I do not own copyrights because if you don't 
use that, then um, Facebook, yeah. they will take your, your video down. So mm -hmm. that's very interesting. Right. So just how, you know, different social media sites are trying to protect other people's copyrights of, you know, music artists and, and sculptors and, and different ideas. It's amazing. Yeah, so something that I saw like through my research was that there, while some social media platforms are trying to protect those creators, like you said, there's others that are binding users to their work being used for free. So part of this like is just from the standpoint of like it's really hard to copyright like a tweet, for example, because a tweet is so original. Um, it, it is so short. Like, how do you copyright an individual tweet? But at the same thing, at the same time, like, how do you guys think this impacts creators versus the consumers when their work can't be copyrighted and protected? Right. So, like, it's it's definitely a very like controversial um, situation. And can you uh, actually repeat that? On my yeah. Side yeah. Point? So, um, I actually found this. Um, through an article from the National Law Review called Social Media, Intellectual Property, and Protecting Your Assets um, from senior attorney Michael J. Bendel. And he was essentially talking about how hard it is to get things copyrighted on social media, particularly in today's world of really short tweets or like a short TikTok video or something like that. Like it's nearly impossible to do that because the content is so small and so short um, and there is so much of it. So essentially, um, the, the issue at hand is that some social media platforms bind users to their to their work being used for free, essentially not giving them that copyright protection just because that's within their platform, like a user agreement. Right. So yeah. I guess the question there is like, how does that impact the creators versus the consumers? Oh, it's huge. Like if, like for example, if you go on TikTok, it's all for well. I can't say it's all original because TikTok is made to like, if you've never been on TikTok before, it's a social media platform where people go on, they post like short little videos that can be funny, that can be dramatic, it can be like whatever they're thinking about that's on their mind, it, it can be whatever. And most of it is pertained to be original, but it's not really original because once you make the video, there is like your sound that you have connected to the video and anyone on the platform can use it. So what a lot of um, uh, TikTokers run into is like trying to get credit for um, using their sound. So it's like it can be very um, beneficial for the creator of the sound because then there's so many other people um, using it and then they'll go back to the original video and be like oh like this is the person that actually like made the sound right, this is funny right. I'm gonna go follow this person's account but whenever um, someone else uses that sound they get a lot of backlash especially if they don't credit the original maker of the sound so it, it can be like that on TikTok um, on Twitter I'm not very familiar with Twitter myself so I'm not really sure um, exactly like how all of that can be perceived but I mean I'm sure that there's probably some issues with people stealing other people's ideas on there too with like specific tweets that they want to send out and all that kind of stuff too for sure I think it's really interesting too how businesses are getting so involved on TikTok like especially like they're seeing like with target audiences that are a little bit younger like it is huge for like business growth and they actually like will get a lot of interaction right. with like potential customers 
if they use like those sounds that like other people are using whether it's just to make like funny videos and then like they use it somehow to relate back to their to their brand so i think it is really important for those business owners to understand this because it can be confusing like for myself most of my like i know you said you're not very familiar with twitter but like most of my like tweets are retweets of like something else that's like funny or relevant like it's not original content that i've made so it can be confusing then like as a business owner particularly for a small business owner to like know those copyright laws as pertains to social media um i have a question so could retweeting a tweet be considered like um stating stating the source in a way because if you retweet someone's post then it shows like who originally made the post and if you retweet it is that a form of of like kind of giving credit to the person who actually made the tweet I would think so. I mean, if you look at it, I mean, they have the option to retweet for a reason. So, um, like, if they're retweeting something from a big, like, music artist, like, hey, I just, like, posted um, this new music video, like, go check it out, that kind of thing. Like, they're going to retweet it onto their Twitter so that way all of those people can see it. But at the same time, they're giving credit to the original music artist that originally posted on their Twitter account. So that way, anyone else that sees the retweet can go follow that account and they'll be able to go onto like YouTube or Spotify or Apple Music or whatever. So that way, they can go like um, see that kind of music. So, I mean, I, I would think so. They, yeah, they have yeah. they have it for a reason. So. Yeah, Chase, I'd have to agree with you on that. I mean, I'd have to look through like the the Twitter like um, the user agreements on like the exacts on that. But um, according to a blog post that I saw from uh, the Yang Law Firm, it was actually talking about social media copyright laws. Um, he mentioned that when um, an attorney or a client is considering a potential copyright claim. Like in regards to social media, they have to decipher between someone like resharing a post to increase its spo- exposure, like popularity, like you just mm-hmm. said, Chase, yeah. versus somebody using it for like a personal or business profit. Mm-hmm. So I think that there lies the difference. Okay. Right. Yeah, and it's honestly it's the same way with a lot of different social media platforms. If you look like at um, a, at a platform like Facebook. Um, I know it's not exactly the same as retweeting, but you can go onto like um, a page that you're following and you can like kind of like repost um, what they posted on there so that way they're still getting the same kind of content, but at the same time they're um, crediting the original user that made the post. So I, I think it's like that with Twitter, it's like that with Facebook. Um, TikTok, as long as you give credit, I feel like that's very similar. Um, it can be like that with Instagram as well, although Instagram is a little bit worse about it from uh, like uh, pages that I'm personally following. They'll give out like all the misinformation and all that kind of stuff. Um, but I, I think it's like that with um, most social media accounts where you know there's an option to like repost or retweet and you're still able to give that credit to the original user. Right, right. Um, referring back to that first um, article that I mentioned earlier uh, from the National Law Review, Michael Bendel um, wrote down three things that he said were the best practices for business owners um, when using social media and trying to um, prevent 
a like um, copyright claim being made against them. He said to always make sure you have the permission of the original creator to use their work and to use takedown notices to prevent infringement of your rights on social media. And then he also said, like we were talking about before, like we don't really even know the um, the user platform agreements for like Twitter. So make sure that you as a business owner know those agreements and what they force you and your business to in their terms of agreement. That way like you have the ability to give that platform your consent to use your work for free or you decide not to use that platform at all. Right. What's very interesting to me is the fact that, you know, there are copyright laws in place. And did you guys know that uh, once uh, a, a copyright is basically, it stands for like 70, for the entire life of the author plus 70 years? Wow. So that, that's crazy. So that's like very crazy. So basically saying that no one will be able to like, access someone else's work until 70 years after they've passed and what wow. this, yeah. a great example wow. of this is like the happy birthday song you know everyone knows that song right. um it wasn't until 2016 that it basically became open to the public domain which means that anyone can use it for free without uh having to ask for permission so that's very interesting. Wow. So that's super. So cool. if you notice, like if if you go to a restaurant, most of the time they make up their own version of the happy birthday song. And, that's and, true. Yeah, I, I never, never realized so, that. I never thought about that before. Yeah. So like for instance, if you go to Texas Roadhouse and it's your birthday and they make you get on a saddle, then they sing a different version of happy birthday than we're used to. But a lot of the times we don't even pay attention to it because we're so used to the song. Right. Yeah. And also I think it's um. It, it, it may have something to do with um, the business not wanting to um, like have that kind of copyright issue. But I also think depending on the business that um, you go into, like for example, if you go into a Texas Roadhouse restaurant, like they'll they want like a song that's kind of like original to them and kind of like what what they think would. Um, bringing customers and like want their customers to be like oh yeah like I want you seeing like happy birthday to this person because I think it'd be funny or something like yeah, that yeah so I think it also depends on you know um, the originality of the business like how original they, they really want to be mm-hmm. marketing um, but I also do think I never thought about it before that copyright is a um, major problem with those businesses because they don't want to have that issue like what if you have someone someone like you know, I don't, I don't know how realistic this would be, but you have someone going to the restaurant and they're kind of like spying, making sure <laughs> that um, mm. that they're like not doing anything wrong involving that. I, I wouldn't think that'd be, you know, too realistic, but at the same time, yeah. it's a, it's still a possibility. Yeah, yeah and in the, in the instance that, you know, someone is caught for stealing someone else's work, then that's an example of um, infringement. Because, you know, like, mm-hmm. you know, this happens when an unauthorized party or user um, use a license, you know, trademark or copyright uh, resembling the license of whatever business it was. So um, it doesn't have to necessarily be the exact replica of the original. But, you know, if it's close enough, then it'll be identified as infringement. And infringement is actually... Um, you could get it, it ranges from a penalty all the way up to like a fine or you could go to jail so mm-hmm. it just varies on the amount of you know kind of plagiarism or infringement that you use and and yes yeah, just real interesting yeah.
Yeah, it's similar to like um, a property violation, if you think yeah. about it, because you are taking this person's work that, you know, however much effort they put into it, a lot of the time, whenever um, you get all these big, like, copyright, you know, scandals and all that, like, it's usually a big piece of work that someone put a lot of effort into to try and create yeah. to um, attract, you know, their audience and people that, you know, might actually really enjoy their work. Yep. Consumers and buyers. Yeah, exactly. So if you if you're taking this person's work, like it's just I don't know. It's kind of like it's just one of those things, you know, that you just you just shouldn't do it. You just shouldn't right. do it. And it, if you're wanting to use someone else's work, it, at least give them the credit for it, so that way you don't like get that copyright strike and you don't have all these um, federal, you know, allegations and you know. You, you just don't you, you, you don't get in trouble so yeah so have you guys heard of fair use copyright before I actually have not what is that yeah so I hadn't either um, this is a legal doctrine this is where I think things really get confusing with copyright is it's a legal doctrine which allows parts of a protected entity so something that is copyrighted to be used without permission so like this allows for criticism like research commentary and stuff like that right. so like I thought this is where it gets confusing um, and like an example of this would be like making, I mean, you could say it, but like, then again, you take that risk of like, is this going to be taken as like a fair use or is that company still going to say that it is an infringement on their copyright? So like an example would be saying Tide Pods instead of laundry detergent, you know, or like Kleenex instead yeah. of facial tissue. So like stuff like that, like referencing other businesses. So like right. so that is where it gets confusing. So kind of like um, you mentioned like the Tide Pods and laundry detergent, like um, different brands have like their different version of the Tide Pod. And mm -hmm. so that would that be kind of considered like the fair use, for example, like Gain has their own, like their kind of version of it. So would that be kind of under like that fair use policy or? You know, I think so. But this was the part that was like so confusing to me. So this is where like based upon my research, I found that most of the most of the recommendations for business owners, like if they're going to like make a make a post or something like that, that refers to like one of those sort of like brands to not use that that company's name so like an example would be like sometimes you'll see like um maybe in like an air freshener commercial they'll say like like our specific brand versus competitors instead of using that other name so like instead of saying tide versus gain yeah like because that's where like you don't know what to do but sometimes like there are commercials that use that which i think that would be an example mm -hmm. of a of fair use yeah I, I i've seen it both ways i've seen it to where you know you have one business like promoting their um like their uh wow their I am products yeah. Blank. yeah product thank you um and they'll say like competitor or something like that but then i've also seen you know the other side of it where yep. you know like tide versus gain like mm -hmm. just for example um so yeah that that is kind of confusing yeah this like this really reminds me like if you guys ever paid attention to like certain commercials like mcdonald's commercials and they're against their rival or whatever yeah so it's kind of yeah. like it's kind of like mcdonald's they would not openly state that their competitor is burger king but they will use different hints and references and like certain packaging to imply that it's it's the the competitor without saying it publicly or using like their trade 
trademarks. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's real intriguing to see how, you know, a business can can kind of like maneuver around those bylaws of copyrights and trademarking and things like that. Yeah, and I think most people, whenever they're watching those kind of commercials, they kind of like have a good idea of who the competitors are right. in those kinds of situations. So um, a commercial that came to my mind was um, a new like Wendy's commercial that came out not too long ago promoting like their fresh fries um, and like at the very end of the commercial, it said um, something to the effect of like our customers prefer Wendy's fries over McDonald's fries like two to one. So they're actually like using the McDonald's trademark in their commercial, which kind of made it a little bit more funny. But also, I think Wendy's in a way just kind of like to roast all the other fast food businesses, especially on their Twitter. <laughs> if you if you go look on their Twitter, lots of roasting. Just go go look on Wendy's Twitter. It's really funny the <laughs> stuff that they post on there. Um, but they said they're not worried about being copyrighted. Right. <laughs> <Or> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they do not they're care. <laughs> they do not care at all. Okay, but, um, so like, are there laws that directly relate to copywriting in regard to like social media? Would y'all? Um, I think if I'm if if I'm thinking right, a lot of it has to do with um the user policy agreement. Mm -hmm. Um, because every um, social media platform, whenever you make your account. They have like the ter terms and agreement and all that kind of stuff whenever you're making your account. And for the few people that actually probably read through all of that, you know, probably yeah. takes half an hour I to don't. read yeah. all of it. I, I do not. <laughs> check, um, check the box at the bottom. But uh, if I'm sure if you took the time to read all of that, I'm sure it has some kind of um, information or description on like what their policies are and kind of you know what um what is allowed on those social media platforms and what's not allowed right so yeah i mean circling back i think the best practices is really what business owners should focus yeah. on just like in not only to protect themselves but also to like protect other other creators and other business owners yeah. out there as for permission you know? um use like royalty free like music or images yeah. and that kind of stuff if you're trying to um promote something on your social media um or even if you're willing to try and um, get out and like ask like a big like music artist or something like that if they if you can use their music, um, you know try and reach out to them on you know on Instagram or Facebook or whatever like their main source of um, social yeah, media is. Um, because even though, you know, a lot of those people are really famous and, you know, probably don't reply to a lot of their fans or anything like that, they u usually do take the time to at least go through all their um, feed and their DMs and that kind of stuff to at least, you know, um, see if any, like, businesses or something like that would want to, you know, use their... Um, product or their music or right anything. right and something else i see a lot of um businesses do that i think is a really great idea and not only saves you a lot of time but a lot of effort and money too like in addition to using like your own media content like videos or pictures of your services or your products a lot of companies will use 
um, like customer pictures of said product or service. Right, yeah. But like I always notice that like in the comments of the um, customers' posts, they always ask for their permission mm-hmm. in order to use it for like marketing purposes. Yeah. So I think that's always super cool because like then you didn't have to take the time out of your day to take that picture or that video. You can just use it from an actual customer. For free. Yeah. Yeah, for free too, and you have their permission. It's all right there. No, no issues. Yeah, no definitely. Hassle. Like, um, on just for example, on like TikTok, I'll see, like, someone will post like a um, sports video, for example, and I'll like go through the comments and like ESPN and Bleacher Report and all these like big name, um, you know, sports networks are in like the comments asking for permission to post that on um, on their uh, social media uh, page. And, like, that's basically their way of asking for permission. Like, hey, right. can we use this? We're not trying to, like, steal your content or anything like that. We're just wanting to use it so that way more people can see it. Mm-hmm. And that will also create a flow for any, like, audience that is interested in, um, in that kind of content to go back to the creator's page, follow yeah. them, and then they'll be able to follow the rest of their content exactly. for basically however long they want. Um, if I was a business owner, um, steps I would take to, you know, prevent, you know, being copyrighted by someone or someone stealing my um, intellectual property is, like, I would keep a paper trail. I feel like that's very important. Yeah. And um, I would actually kind of consider avoiding joint ownership. And mm-hmm. I understand that, you know, sometimes, like, two people are better than one. But when it comes to, you know, you know unique ideas, sometimes you want to keep that authentically to yourself. But if you have joint ownership, then that makes two people um, able to use those ideas. So say, for instance, like your partner comes up with a better idea than you, you can't technically sue him because it was joint ownership, if that right. makes sense. So it's, it's kind of like... That's tough. It's kind of like yeah. knowing <laughs> knowing who you're working with because, you know, business is really tricky. You know, people are really money hungry. So it's all mm-hmm. about understanding who your partners are and keeping like the same goals at the end of the day for sure sure yeah don't don't try and get into a situation where like if you have if you are um if you own a business um with a partner or you partner up with another business you start creating all the all these like um kind of like you said you start creating all these ideas but like once that partnership is over like you can try and sue the other person um for like stealing your ideas all you want but nine times out of ten it's not gonna work just because like you guys were partners at one point most likely um the like the federal law is not going to allow you to sue them for however much money you want because Technically, you guys created those ideas together, together yeah. right. even if it was one person's idea before the other. So that is definitely something um, that you have to be careful of. I, I actually like that a lot. Thank you. Thank you. So, so yeah, um, basically, you know, you just have to do what's best for yourself and your business sometimes. And if that means being independent and working countless hours on your own to figure something out, then sometimes that's the best step to take because um, you don't want to take the risk of someone potentially trying to steal your idea if things go sideways or because they don't like how things are, are being handled in this situation. Mm-hmm. So. Right. 
Um, I also think that trademarks are important to ensure that people don't use like different slangs and phrases. Um, an example of this is like Nike and their slogan, just do it. So because it is trademarked, that means that no one else can use Nike on any of their brands or no one can ever use like just do it because everyone knows, the public knows that Nike and just do it correlate with each other. So just understanding that too. Now, here's a question. Um, have you guys, I'm, I'm sure you guys have seen it. It's a really old, like, meme, a really old video. Um, the, that video of Shia LaBeouf on YouTube where he's like, just do it, like that kind of thing. <laughs> yes, yeah. yes, yes. What do you guys think about that? Do you think he is, like, obviously, I think he was probably trying to aim for, like, a motivational, like, funnier, like, motivational kind of video. But at the same time, like you said, Nike has that trademark of just do it. Mm -hmm. So, like, I mean, do you think that um, fall under all those copyright restrictions? So, I kind of think, like we talked about before, I think, I mean, I think Nike could have tried, like, a lawsuit against that. But what they had to, you know, weigh out was, was he doing that just to, like, gain popularity and likes? Or was Promotion. it for, like, an actual, yeah, yeah, like, or, like, an actual personal like financial means of trying to steal right. their just do it trademark yeah. and i and i don't think that was his like you said he was just yeah. trying to like be funny yeah i don't think and like motivational it wasn't it there was no malintent right and honestly i think if you think back on it nike probably could have tried to get um Try to get Shia LaBeouf like to do like a commercial for them yeah be, and that would but at the same time though um, it, it's like that same situation of would he have been able to, you know, keep that original video up yeah. or um, because then he's technically under Nike with that partnership. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's I feel like kinda... I feel like Shia LaBeouf, like he's a public figure, you know, yeah. he's well known to the public. And I feel like that video could have uh, promoted like. Um, buyers and consumers in some form of fashion so because of that I feel like Nike um, did not take the risk on suing him just because he's so well known and maybe because um, they gained a little bit of you know support or you know buyers from him from Shia LaBeouf's um, I guess post or video of yeah. Nike, mm -hmm. I guess. That's yeah. how yeah. yeah. So kind of understanding, like, he, he could have been used as a promotional tactic or, like, as, like, an ad or a commercial or some sort, mm -hmm. and it will make people more likely to consume in Nike if they're a fan of Shia LaBeouf. Yeah. And also, like, even though I don't think it was his original intent, intent um, I, I think he still probably helped out Nike in a way. Just because, like, he was using yeah. the same slogan, and like, it, it was like it was like a funnier video. Um, yeah. I don't even remember how long ago that video was created. I know but it was a while. It, it was a funny video. Like, so many people enjoyed it, and I think he probably helped out Nike a little bit by using um, the same kind of slogan. So I think yeah. all part all parties were kind of happy, happy yeah. in mm -hmm. that situation. It was like, hey, so. this famous guy used just do it. Let him. <laughs> yeah, pretty, pretty <laughs> much, pretty much. But um, yeah, so I think we are running short on time. Um, do you guys have any last little thoughts or anything that you would like to add? 
No, I don't. I'm just really glad we got to talk about this. I think this is super interesting, and I really hope that our listeners will you know, think it's just as interesting as we did and that it is useful information that they can apply to their businesses and uh, business social media pages. Yeah, I would just like to say thank you guys for listening to our podcast today. I hope you guys found this intriguing, and I hope you learned something because I know I did. I hope everyone else did. So um, I hope to see you guys again soon, and thank you. Thanks, Chase, for being a great host. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Thank you guys for coming on. I really enjoyed this conversation, and hopefully there will be more talk about it around. So, yeah, thank you guys so much for coming on. This has been the Media Shop Podcast, and we will see you guys next time. Bye. See ya.